All Things ANSYS, a podcast from the technical support staff at PADT. Episode 114, a look at what is new in optics in ANSYS 2023 R1 and an update on the world of ANSYS. Hi there. Happy February to everyone. Where did January go? I don't know about you, but I feel like most of the years I sort of most years I sort of ramp up in January, lots of planning and such, but this year we hit the ground running at full speed and the months just came and went. I'm I'm uh, my name is Eric Miller. I'm one of the owners here at PDT. I'm your host for these podcasts and I'm recording this on a Sunday afternoon in blue sky under blue skies in Phoenix in my backyard. So um, that's what the fountain, if you can hear it, the fountain or the planes or the birds or the cars going by is. So you know, welcome to the podcast. So as mentioned in our last, last episode, we took a very long break and are back now. Moving on to one episode a month uh, instead of two a month. And since some of you may be new or may have forgotten, it's a good time to introduce or reintroduce PADT and myself to our listeners. So PADT is an 87-person company-ish. We tend to, I think we're going to add a couple people in a couple weeks, based in Tempe, Arizona with offices across the Southwest that is the leading provider of products and services to companies that design and manufacture products. We started the company back in 1994. That's our 29th anniversary is coming up next month. We took three core computer-aided engineering technologies that we were using at what was then Allied Signal Engines and is now Honeywell Aerospace and built a consulting company around them. It was simulation, advanced design, and advanced, kind of new at the time, 3D printing. A few years in, the vendors who were providing us with those tools asked us to become resellers for them. And that is how we became an ANSYS channel partner and started selling Stratasys equipment as well. Later on, we added Flonex for 1D thermal fluid systems, EOS for metal 3D printers, and the combined Zeiss and GOM optical and laser scanners. We continue to provide services um, with teams dedicated to product development, simulation, and 3D printing as a service. Now, you can learn more about PADT at www.padtinc.com, padtinc.com. That's our website, uh, and most of you know us for ANSYS, but we do much, much more. So please check us out and consider us as your partner for those things. And as I said earlier, I'm Eric Miller. I'm one of the founders and owners of PADT, and my current responsibilities right now are heading up our design and simulation consulting team, although our VP of Engineering, Tyler Shaw, does most of the work there, as do the employees that work in that group. I also manage HR, IT, facilities, and company marketing. Outside of PADT, I'm lucky enough to be the chair of the Arizona Technology Council Board of Directors. This is a 700-person trade group focused on tech, STEM, and making Arizona a better place for tech people to work and to grow a business. I'm also an entrepreneur in residence at the Arizona Commerce Authority, where I mentor startups going through their, the Venture Ready program there at Commerce. And um, the most, uh, the last of the significant volunteer things that I do um, is I write a somewhat, occasionally monthly column for the Phoenix Business Journal. I get to cover pretty much any topic I want, and it's a blast. I have to tell you, it's it's a it's a dream come true. So I get to go deep, deep, deep and thoughtful about the role of tech companies in dealing with some of today's uh, biggest social troubles or take a fun look at living in Arizona, sometimes a little bit of humor. So it's a lot of fun to do that. I do more, uh, including a freelance content writing for people's, uh, for other people's blogs and sites. So, you know, drop me a line if you need a writer that actually understands what you do. And I'm halfway through the creative writing certificate at the University of California Berkeley Extension Program. So decided to go back to school in my, my late 50s and uh, 
It's a lot of work. <laughs> I forgot how much work homework is. Um, and that brings us to some background uh, about me. Um, so I grew up the son of a U.S. Air Force fighter pilot and spent about half my youth here in Phoenix at various bases around Arizona. And the other half spread across either Virginia, Europe, or Sacramento. And I finished my last two years of high school in Sacramento. And from there, went to UC Berkeley and obtained a bachelor's in mechanical engineering. And when I graduated, I had two job opportunities. One was in San Jose and one was in Phoenix, both at pretty much the same salary. So I took the Phoenix at what is now Honeywell, the job in Phoenix, well, it's now Honeywell, so I could save up money. My plan was to save up that money to afford to get a place in the Bay Area. Well, I'm still saving that money. I still can't afford to live in the Bay Area. I've got two kids. One is studying philosophy at San Diego State University and um, not San Diego State. Yeah. California, California State University, San Diego. No, what is it? Yeah, San Diego State University. Yeah. Um, and the other is about to get his degree from the University of Utah in video game design. I'm very jealous of both of them to be uh, studying such cool things and being at such cool schools. Uh, here at home, it's me and my wife right now, and we are down to one dog because Mo, who was the best dog ever, just passed on uh, at 15 years just before Christmas. Um, oh, and we have a tortoise named Vern. He's still hibernating for the winter, so. It hasn't come out yet. My hobbies include writing and cooking as well as travel. And that is more probably than you ever wanted to know about me. But I feel like every couple of years I need to get it out there just in case you're wondering. If you want to know more or if you want to interact a little bit more, definitely subscribe or link to, I guess, uh, connect to me on LinkedIn. Uh, just search for Eric Miller, P-A-D-T, and I'll come right up at the top. Um, I accept all asks. Um, would love to connect with you. You can see the feed, all the stuff we're doing, all these different things I do, um, as well as uh, I always copy all of PADT's uh, posts on LinkedIn to that feed as well. So it's a great way to stay in touch and keep on top of things going on in the world of PADT and mine and a little bit of ANSYS as well. All right. Like I said, that's more than you ever wanted to know. Let's move on to what you're really here for, which is probably our interview. So uh, on Friday, our PDT's very own optics engineer, Cynthia De La Rosa, joined me on Teams to talk about what was new in ANSYS 2023 R1 for optics. And we also talked about Arizona Optics Day, which we both attended uh, the previous week down in Tucson. It's an annual event down in Tucson. We'll talk more about it. And I'll shut up and I'll let her do the talking. All right, everybody. I want to thank uh, our listeners for uh, joining us on this discussion today, I'm with uh, Cynthia De La Rosa, and we are going to talk about what's new, a couple things around optics for uh, uh, an event down in Tucson that we were both just at last week, and then also what's new in the latest release of ANSYS. So, Cynthia, welcome. Yeah, thanks, Eric. Hi, everyone. I'm excited to be here and excited to talk anything and everything optics and everything that's new in 2023 R1. It's pretty, pretty cool. And, and I think we're both a little jazzed about it because uh, we were down at something called uh, Arizona Photonics Week or Days. I always call it weeks, but it's Arizona Photonics Days. Um, and it's a conference before before Photonics West in California where, where it's mostly Arizona folks, but people from around the world came and we talk about optics and photonics. And I don't know what your favorite thing was, Cynthia, but mine was hearing from the people doing the experiments on the James Webb telescope. It was it was amazing to hear them talk. Oh, yeah, definitely inspiring, especially, you know, I come from an astronomy background. So just mm -hmm. getting to be able to sit in and be there in person with them was just mm -hmm. super awesome. I didn't realize what 
what gods they were until I Googled them. <laughs> I just thought they were professors at ASU, but are at University of Arizona. But no, these are these are the people behind some of the experiments, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I think Marsha has mm -hmm. definitely taken the lead on um, the near chem stuff. I think mm -hmm. that's definitely um, just it's just amazing, right? It's mm -hmm. just awesome. Yeah, the the pictures and and I know these are the people that see them first, right? Before we get the press I release, know, post process yeah. and all that. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, any any aha moments or uh, stuff you want to share with our listeners that you got from that conference? Yeah, definitely. I think for me, the coolest part was connecting with folks from all over the world. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's just amazing that there's so many different optics and photonics photonics clusters in pretty mm -hmm. much not just in the United States, right? We have mm -hmm. clusters in our states, but also um, in different countries. Um, I met Eric, which is the lead in mm -hmm. the optics and photonics cluster in Mexico. And right. he's actually doing, you know, they're actually getting together their own conference down in Mexico in March. And then I also got to meet um, Madison, which is the executive director of the Canadian optics and photonics mm -hmm. cluster. So I, it was great, you know, just yeah. getting to hear the different innovation and technology happening um, in all these different countries. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I don't know if you get a chance to talk to the guys from Finland as well. They were fascinating. Um, they make some of the coolest lasers out there for medical applications. And just just to hear the what's going on in Finland in optics uh, was, was a, such a small country. Uh, they're doing amazing things. Oh, yeah, definitely agree. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, it, I always look forward to that event. And, uh, you know, we'll uh, it's definitely if if anybody listening wants to check it out, it, it's always we always put it on our website before it happens. But it's it's basically the the last uh, the last full week in January, usually down in Tucson. And like I said, it's a great stop off if you're going to Photonics West, um, which is why a lot of people come to it. So uh, I can't wait to see uh, what we learn next year. Um, and and I, I'm pushing them to do more simulation. Um, I, I gave a talk about PADT and I kind of called them out um, that I, I feel like the industry is is a little behind. They're, they're still building a lot of hardware and testing a lot of things in the real world and they need to go virtual. So um, hopefully they'll they'll do more next year. We can get some people to maybe get a session on simulation. So I'll try. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I mean, we can maybe next year just go mm -hmm. up there and do our own technical mm -hmm. talk on the different mm -hmm. kind of software out there and the kind of simulations that are mm -hmm. actually possible. Mm -hmm. Have some of the students show some of the work they've been doing because I know they're using the tools that we're going to talk about in a second. So, yeah, I, I've got that on the agenda. So hopefully hopefully next year we'll, we'll get it up there and uh, add another half day, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Cool. So let's talk about the new release, which is 2023 R1, right? And um, yeah, I know you've had a little bit of a chance to look at it. It's it's brand spanking new, but uh, what what's the number one thing you want the listeners to know about the release? Yeah, so I think Ansys as a whole is really pushing for you know integration of all mm -hmm. of their optical software into a nice streamlined workflow. Mm -hmm. And so that's what each of these individual softwares are really pushing towards. I know Lumericle is really, really pushing forward on getting these different kinds of uh, dynamic links between its, its, 
It's numerical solvers. It's photonic solvers mm -hmm. with the optical solver of ZMAX Optics Studio. Cool. Yeah. Um, and I will highlight with Lumerical, mm -hmm. they're they're really hoping to to put a lot of research and development into the quantum photonic world. Mm -hmm. so they're really trying to do a lot of research there in order to help a lot of our customers. I mean, we see a lot of quantum computing, quantum companies out there, and they're a bit limited on the software or the resources that's out there. And so Lumerical is really trying and hoping to um, bridge that gap with their solutions through um, some of their multi-physics solvers like Hue Interconnect and things like that. That's a, that's a really good point because my my view of Lumerica, uh, Americol is um, that it was a, a group of very uh, specialized and accurate and capable solvers, but not necessarily integrated. And it seems like they're really, really working on that so that we can leverage that capability and use it in a lot of different places. And and we heard a lot in Tucson about quantum. Uh, there's so much to be done in that space, you know. Oh, yeah, definitely. And they're really pushing for like metal lens applications and things mm -hmm. like that as well. Yeah. And just trying to capture um, that, you know, very tiny photon level mm -hmm. science mm -hmm. and physics. Yeah, which which hurts my brain a little bit, I'll admit. Oh, yeah. Same <laughs> I'm, here. I'm, I'm literally imagining photon spin in there. And, and I was talking to one of the professors at U of N. He's like, you know, they don't actually spin. That's just we just call it that. <laughs> like, OK, I guess that's true. But um, as a mechanical engineer, I think of it that way. Um, yeah. So so the, that's great. The integration stuff. And um, what about ZMAX in particular? I think the most of our listeners are most familiar with ZMAX. What's what's going on with that in the latest release? Yeah, so CMAX is pushing a lot on the manufacturability aspect okay. of things. So they're trying to find a way to tolerance all of these high-tech intensive optical systems. And so mm -hmm. with this with this update, um, they've actually released an entirely new surface, which is a composite surface. And so mm -hmm. this surface actually allows you to add multiple different SAG surfaces or SAG profiles, mm -hmm. um, they become additive until you have one final surface that actually contributes all the um, SAG profiles of each of these other lenses or uh, okay. all of these other surfaces together. And so the importance of this composite surface is that now you can tolerance these um, very intense, very unique surfaces, which mm -hmm. when beforehand, um, it was really hard to tolerate something like this. And so mm -hmm. um, they're really hoping to help optical engineers kind of bridge the the gap between their optical design and the manufacturing processes that come with it mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. after simulation is done, right? And you're trying to pr produce your optic. Mm -hmm. And more to that, they've actually added in export to um, Pandal tool within Optic Studio. So Pandal is actually um, a web-based tool that helps users determine the optical fabrication methods that are out ah. there. Yeah, and the different optical fabrication methods that would be needed for their specific optic. And also, what is the effect on their optical performance and the cost, mm -hmm. um, given their you know unique optical design. And so that's actually pretty exciting because they're really um, 
again, just pushing for the manufacturability of all of these optical designs that get um, designed within Optic Studio. Well, that, that's a, it's a valid, it's a really important point because I think like a lot of physics, um, and this is maybe something we went through when I started my career in mechanical and then fluids and then high frequency is, is we, we use simulation to design this perfect um, geometry mm-hmm. and then it can't be made. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or know? it can be made, but the mm-hmm. price just went up, you know, yeah, exactly. three, four or five times. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So what can you live with? Tweak it a little. That's, that's really good to hear. I mean, that's, that, that, that's, it's, it's, because we're, of course, we see optics everywhere, right? And in sensors, especially, it's just booming. And uh, I know that they're getting smaller and weirder shapes and all sorts of stuff like that with these new sensors. Oh, yeah. 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 Cool. So, yeah. so that was Z Max. Um, I was actually thinking about um, the rendering tool. Uh, what's it called again? I can't remember. It just kept fell out of my head. Um, Speos the other day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was replacing a light bulb in my son's 2003 Saab convertible and looking at the lens that it had on there and thinking this was not designed using this tool. Um, what, what's, go, what's going on at that tool? How has it progressed and anything new and exciting? Oh, yeah. So I'm very excited for, for this release um, within Spaos because mm-hmm. they have actually achieved and kind of pretty much completed their GPU compute tool. So beforehand we were in beta mode, but now yes. at this point we're solving through GPU. And I know that a lot of the ANSYS softwares are currently, mm-hmm. you know, on that front. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is really exciting, exciting, right? Because beforehand um, our GPU computing of our simulations, they were faster, but um, we weren't sure of the accuracy yet. Um, mm-hmm. They were pretty accurate to a certain degree, uh, but now the the Speos team is actually pretty pretty confident um, that we're hitting you know the same accuracy, if not even more accuracy, compared to our CPU simulation results. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. Um, with that comes the validation of all of the different sensors within Speos, and now they can all be used within GPU compute as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that also includes the human eye sensor. Uh, so that's pretty exciting mm-hmm. because those renderings usually take quite a lot of time and effort um, computation-wise. Mm-hmm. And so we're just kind of really reducing the amount of time that it's taking us to do all of these different simulations. Um, for example, I did a stray light analysis on a camera with the mm-hmm. zoom lens attached to it. And initially using CPU, I was looking at about, I want to say like 14 hours. Like I started it, I went home, came back. I still had to wait a little bit. It just took a long time, right? And once I simulated it with GPU, I think it was like maybe 30 minutes. That's I mean, like, yeah. exactly. It is just exponentially faster. And so that's mm-hmm. very, very exciting. You know, I, it's funny because we we forced GPUs, which were made for ray tracing and things like that, to, to solve uh, linear algebra problems on the mechanical side. But I, it never really dawned on me that we should be using it in our ray tracing tools. <laughs> so, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, very, very cool. That's that's really important. Um to think about and I, and I also know that there's a lot of research in gpus now so those are getting even faster and better so that's only going to that's only going to increase um cool so yeah maybe maybe if i uh, buy a new car at some point it'll have a headlight designed in space and, and uh, be a little bit more efficient that's 
it's pretty funny how primitive it is. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. And that's that's a nerd in me is thinking about it from a from a light simulation standpoint as I'm putting the light bulb in and it, of course the plastic is broken so it's wiggling a little bit and I can see the <laughs> the shadows of the of the of the lens on the wall in my garage. So yeah. <laughs> funny um okay so so those are the three big products right uh lumerical uh Speos and z max is there anything else out there in any of the smaller products to mention or anything about um, one of those three you want to bring up yeah so the star module right so um, oh yeah yeah it is now a part of optic studio as a whole it's not it's no longer you know its own standalone module mm -hmm. but okay. nonetheless they're putting a lot of research into it and what i'm excited about for this release is that beforehand rigid body motions and deformations that you got from your fba analysis mm -hmm. would be coupled together and so when you you when you looked at your optical performance degradation or the effect of your fba on your optics you would see the two um but you wouldn't understand if it, if you're looking at rigid body motions or the deformation of your optical surface and so they finally decoupled that um with this release. And so that's really exciting, right? Because now mm -hmm. the optical or mechanical or optomechanical engineer um, just has to ask, should I worry about my components moving, right? Because that might be more of a mechanical right. approach and how to fix it. Or should, you know, they worry more about the deformation on the optic because those have two very different approaches on how to correct mm -hmm. for them. Good, good point. Because, because, one was probably it probably in the past was just applying the deformation didn't care where it came from right exactly so now, so now you can turn you can you can separate the two out and then that's that's really you know our, our some of our listeners who who are not optics people or, or but may work in the electro optical place divert a little bit here why don't you explain what the star module is because i'm not sure everybody's aware of it and I, and I think it's a really important uh tool for people doing electro optical design or mechano optical design electro optical design yeah of course of course so the star module is bridging the gap between the optical engineer and the mechanical engineer. Mm -hmm. So it's actually an FBA results import tool. So mm -hmm. what it does is it takes the FBA results from a mechanical FBA um, run or simulation, mm -hmm. takes the data, extracts it, and then really simple. It's like really quick and easy, really user friendly. Mm -hmm. It imports that data into ZMAX where you can um, align the deformation to the optical surfaces. Mm -hmm. um, and from there, you can kind of see the, the effects of FBA on your performance mm -hmm. and whether it degrades or not, or whether, you know, you have to take, you know, some adjustments into your mm -hmm. design in order mm -hmm. to compensate. Compensate for it. Very, very useful. Yeah. So that's, that's something to, to think about if you're on the mechanical design side, but you've got lenses and, and mirrors and things in your design or, or if you're um, on the optic side and you're like, how the heck do I get the results from that simulation that somebody did for thermal stress into my model or motion in my model? So, yeah, I, I it's uh, it's a it's a product that I don't I think I think the people in the ZMAX world kind of knew about it, but they weren't. I don't know. I, it seems like I kind of stumbled on it like I didn't know that was there. That's pretty cool. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's really exciting. And mm -hmm. just from experience, 
engineers tend to make their own code for things like that, right? So there's a That was ton, my assumption, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a ton of open source, but also mm -hmm. people just having their personal code in order to um, mm -hmm. do this kind of data transformation. Mm -hmm. um, but now that it's readily available through ZMAX um, mm -hmm. Optics Studio, it kind of really saves companies time and effort yeah. because you don't have to start from scratch. It's, it's there, it's easy, uh, you just gotta use it. I had my own piece of code to fit. I forget what it's called, but the is it as a Z surface? Uh, so fit fit deformation on a lens through some sort of a polynomial curve that the old Z Max used to read back in the day. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, um, cool. So so that's Star. Uh, anything? Let's like your your last uh, bit of uh, check this out to our listeners here before we wrap it up. What else do they need to look for in the new release? Yeah, definitely. Um, something that is pretty cool that the Lumerical team has been working on is the new Ansys Optics launcher. And I can kind of foresee this being a part of the launching process in both Speos and ZMAX as well. Mm. Um, but for now, it's it's just in Lumerical, but it provides access to, to trial licenses to these other softwares or these other mm. solvers within Lumerical as well. Uh, so it's pretty cool because it's, you know, it's all right there when you just open up um, whichever solver that you're trying to mm -hmm. use within Lumerical. And mm -hmm. it also shows the application gallery, which provides all these different examples that include all three of the optical products as well. Um, so if you open it up and you're thinking, hey, I want to try a different, different design or a different approach, or you just, you know, have time to have fun and play around, it's really simple to have access to all these different resources from, again, all three, right? Lumerical, mm -hmm. ZMAX, and Speos. That is good to know. Um, yeah, it's a, it's it, it, that that's good to see that infrastructure build is these three, you know, totally separate companies, right? That required are starting to work together and uh, under the Ansys, the one Ansys umbrella, and uh, the benefit of that is starting to pay off. Very cool. Oh yeah, and, definitely, especially on the photonic and well, mm -hmm. you know, the Lumerical and Zmax side yeah. because photonics is waveguide world. You know, it's right. the realm of a of a wave and this. Mm -hmm structure of light as a wave, but then you also have ZMAX, which is more on the ray tracing side. And mm -hmm. um, so connecting the two is important and people are doing these analyses either by hand or with their own code. So mm -hmm. now that the two are together, um, it's really gonna offload the work that optical engineers out there are having to do themselves because yeah, you know so this yeah. software will provide that simulation for them. And hopefully move away from doing everything on one of those floating tables in the real world and do more virtual, um, which is what I'm hoping for. To be fair, I love optical alignment, <laughs> I, I know. optical metrology. You know, anytime I was in the lab, I was having a great time until I wasn't, right? <laughs> and so you couldn't um, get it fixed, yeah. Exactly. I, it's, you can only take so long being in a very dark room uh, with lasers shining everywhere, but yeah. Turning those little knobs, right? Yeah, yeah. and you yeah. just got to be extra knobs. careful. Mm -hmm. yeah, just don't fun. bump anything. Don't breathe, please. <laughs> That's right. Don't breathe things. It's, it's, it's cool. And, um, you know, it, it's an exciting time for optical simulation. And, and I think, the you know, some of the stuff you talked about is the maturity that's coming and, and moving from these uh, academic codes or in-house codes and, and a collection uh, of different solvers and putting them together and providing a common interface and working with other physics within the ANSYS family. Um, it's, it's cool stuff. Um, well, 
As you can tell, people that are listening, we love to talk about this stuff, and Cynthia just just is is a, a true expert in this area, and I really appreciate you taking the time, and and make a call. You know, if if you want to ask your own questions of our team here, and um, and learn a little bit more about whatever aspect of optical simulation is, do reach out by email, and we'd love to chat about it because, uh, like I said, there's a lot coming. So thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. So as you can see, things are really coming along for optics, and I think we are going to see the same progression of the tools we saw for electronics, for fluids, uh, and originally even for structures. When we first started with structures, there was quite a, a migration from this kind of academic expert tool um, to, to greater capability, to more usability, um, to, to integration across the platforms and ease of use. Uh, all those things keep on getting better and better, and uh, we're seeing that in the optics world as well as we bring these tools together. So keep your eyes out for that. And then you can always check out our website um, at www.padtinc.com or email us at info at padtinc.com if you have any questions about anything that Cynthia talked about today. Now, normally we do a commercial now, but I feel like my long diatribe about uh, PADT and myself was enough of a commercial. So we'll just reiterate, uh, we're available to help you. Um, we do a lot more than just ANSYS reselling and uh, consulting. So please do check us out and uh, consider us to help you out. 3D printing, design, manufacturing, consulting, whatever you need. All right, let's move on to the news. So ANSYS stock. Um, January saw some growth. Uh, ANSS, which is the symbol for ANSYS, uh, went up from 240 to 270 in January, which is a nice uh, monthly growth. It's a 12.5% growth for the month. Uh, on Friday, February 3rd, it closed at 275, so it went up another five bucks. And on Thursday, it was actually up 282. So it had a little spike there before a little bit of selling off at the end of the month, uh, in the, uh, the week. So um, it closed up 14% for year to date, which is pretty good. And the S&P 500, which is what we like to compare it to, was up 8.9%. So it's back to outperforming the S&P, but, you know, it's one month. We'll see what happens. Um, I think it would be kind of good going forward to compare maybe a 12-month trailing. I haven't done this before, so I'm going to try this out. Um, by the way, this was a lot easier to look at the stock when it just kept on going up. When it's when it's up and down, it's a lot more work. <laughs> but trying to figure out what's useful information for people listening. But I think looking at where we were a year ago is kind of a and, and then what happened over that year is kind of a good thing to look at. So I'll start doing that in these podcasts. Um, anyway, the stock is down 16% from uh, the same time uh, in uh, the beginning of February in 2022. At the so 16% ANSYS drop, and there was a 7%. Um, S&P 500 drop over that same time period. Um, the min over those 52 weeks was $200 a share, and the max was 341 So we're kind of smack dab in the middle of that. Um, hopefully, we'll get back up to those, those above 300 numbers pretty quick here. There's a, uh, they're going to release, uh, ANSYS Inc. is going to release their annual numbers on February 22nd. So you can hear the um, CEO, Ajay, and his team talk about where they're going and what they did and what the numbers were. So if you do care a lot about ANSYS, um, then I really recommend you listen to that uh, recording of that uh, when they release their numbers or read the release numbers and listen to the recording of the investor call. It's really good stuff. And we will cover it here in the March podcast. Anyhow, not a bad start for the year. Let's hope it keeps going. Now, um, if you're a regular listener, you know right before they release numbers, ANSYS doesn't release any news, so there's no news that came out. Um, and we are not blacked out at PADT, but nothing happened of significance at PADT uh, since we last talked. Although, you know, 
that's not really true. Um, a little fun thing we did, we celebrate uh, National Whatever Day once a month. So we pick you know, these, these websites to talk about you know, National, uh, I don't know, Blade of Grass Day or National um, you know, Rose Day or whatever it is. Um, so last month in January, we picked National Peanut Butter Day. And people brought in peanut butter baked, uh, based bakes, and uh, boy, it was really good. If you like peanut butter, um, we learned we only have one person with a mild peanut allergy in the company, which was good to know. Um, so that was all safe. She just stayed out of the break room. Um, but that was some good stuff. The the winner was these uh, were these peanut butter clusters that Miles, who's been on the podcast before, he's one of our Flonex and Ansys experts. He's a support engineer in Ted Harris's group. He made these uh, these peanut butter clusters that were just to die for. They're so good. Now, I made a peanut butter cheesecake, and, and a lot of people aren't into cheesecake, so it wasn't as popular as Miles's was, although I'm going to beat them next time. But anyway, it was one of the best cheesecakes I've ever made. Um, it, it was really, really good. Um, uh, huge, huge fan. So it, it's a lot of fun uh, to do these things, and uh, people really get into it and bring a bunch of different treats. And even if you don't cook, you get to eat. So it's a win-win for everybody. So see how much fun you can have at PDT. And speaking of which, we've got some openings. Let me let me open up the uh, careers page and go over some of them because some of them are ANSYS related. Um, and you may be interested or may know people who are interested. So let me go over to that page here. Scroll down. By the way, it's uh, pdtinc.com slash careers if you want to check it out yourself. So in the ANSYS world, um, we have an opening in Colorado for an ANSYS salesperson. Uh, it's account manager in Colorado. So if you're interested, if you live in Colorado or want to live in Colorado or are interested in that, check that out. In Arizona, we're also looking for an enterprise account manager. That position is now open, and we'd be really excited to have you join us. And then we have something new uh, also in Arizona, which is called a business development representative. It's it's not really inside sales, and it's not really account representation. It's it's really kind of looking for and finding and bringing new customers in and learning about. It takes quite a while to learn how to sell ANSYS, so it's a great way to learn how to sell ANSYS. And then once you're up to speed and you do a good job and we all like each other, you can become an account manager and, and move on up. Um, some non-ANSYS-related jobs that you might know someone that's interested in or you might be interested in is we're looking for a demand generation marketing specialist to help generate more demand. Um, we are also looking for a couple – oh, this is actually ANSYS, but it's down at the bottom of the page. So what kind of engineers are we looking for for ANSYS? Um, we need an electrical engineer doing signal integrity and power integrity, and that can be in Colorado or Arizona. And also in Colorado or Arizona is a low-frequency electromagnetics uh, application and, and support engineer. So both the power integrity, signal integrity, and the low-frequency electromagnetics are still open. We'd love to have people join us. We also have an embedded software engineer application uh, position available. So if you're interested in that, please let us know by checking out the website. Um, yeah, and that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, oh, I'm also looking for a part-time – I'm hiring a part-time IT person. So if you know somebody here in the Phoenix area – that uh, is an experienced IT support person and doesn't want to work for a big company but likes, likes our environment and wants to work part-time. We just need some help um, dealing with the day-to-day -day so we can do more strategic stuff with our IT team. So do let us know. We've also got some hiring over on the 3D printing site. So check that out. Um, we'd love to, to hear from you if you know somebody that's interested. All right, publications. The ANSYS blog. 
So I, I'm sure, unless you're living under a, a rock, you know that everybody's talking about artificial intelligence, especially chat GPT. You know, what does that mean for simulation? Well, ANSYS is not uh, ignoring all that. They are moving forward in a lot of different ways. And one of the most visible ones right now is um, basically allowing you to connect your simulations to the machine learning stack on both Azure and um, uh, Amazon Web Services, AWS. So Microsoft Azure and AWS um, have these really nice um, software stacks that allow you to do machine learning on their clusters. Uh, and now, because Ansys runs on those, you can connect them. So they wrote an article about it. Uh, it's called Prepare for the Machine Learning Revolution with Emerging MLAAS Capabilities from Ansys. That's uh, machine learning as a service capabilities. So um, it's it's in its starting phase. Uh, it's something you're interested in. If you're doing research around, do check it out. If you're your boss is bugging you, your CEO is bugging you, is why, how are we using machine learning and this simulation stuff? Um, check it out. Uh, it's pretty, pretty cool. Um, and then the next article I recommend on the ANSYS blog is uh, from SKF. And yes, that SKF, the people that make bearings, they've partnered with ANSYS to include a bearing selection tool in ANSYS Mechanical, which I, you know, I don't do a lot of machine design anymore, but when I did, oh my gosh, I used to live in that SKF design guide. Uh, to have that built into Mechanical is going to be wonderful. So it does. It's, the title of the article is Bearing Calculations, No Longer a Lot to Bear with, I huh, get it, bear with easy-to-use easy automation tools. I didn't realize the pun until I read it just now. Um, it, it's, pun aside, it's a really good article. Um, and if you, if you work bearings, uh, it's pretty useful stuff. So check that out. And the last article I'm going to pick to highlight in the ANSYS blog is um, called Models Behaving Badly Cost Millions, Finding Solutions with BEE. Now, I didn't really know what this was from the title, so I dug into it a little bit. And uh, there's, a, there's a new product that ANSYS acquired. It's called Model Center, and it's, a, it's basically an optimization simulation management platform. Um, it has a lot of capabilities in it, and, and, and we'll have to have a couple of our engineers that are using it come on and talk about it because I haven't been exposed to it too much. But it's, it's a really cool tool, and uh, they have a module within it called – what is it called? It's called um, – BEE, which stands for, um, I didn't write down what it stands for. Anyway, you have to read the article to find out. <laughs> oh, no, it's Behavior Execution Engineer. Um, and so I, I gotta, you got to check it out. Um, I don't have my head 100% around it, but basically what it does is if you get running a bunch of runs and the results aren't making any sense, it uses some advanced uh, algorithms to figure out what's going on and kind of tame things down a little bit. So yet another way that we can take our component or physics, single physics simulation, plug it into a system and do some pretty cool stuff. So check that one out. Um, I think it's worth worth knowing, even if you don't have a plan to use it right now, it's good to know it's out there. On the PDT blog, we put out a couple of blog posts. Um, and oh, by the way, we finally fixed the fact that uh, um, we couldn't do blog.pdtinc.com uh, because our we, we got our URL, PDTinc.com, way, way back in the early days of the Internet. And it, over the years, our, our entry in the registry got kind of messed up, and we just couldn't figure out how to do it. Well, we finally fix, fixed it all. Uh, it's all cleared up, so we can now do whatever.pdtinc.com now instead of just www, uh, which is pretty cool. So blog.pdtinc.com now works, by the way. Um, anyway, articles. 
Uh, Chris Satini posted a useful article on sensitivity analysis in Flonex. It's a great overview of how you can use Flonex to understand your system much better. Um, you know, his, his articles are great, and any, any of them are good to kind of get a feel for what Flonex can do as a, as a 1D fluid thermal systems code. Then Joe Woodward uh, turned a tech question, the tech support question that he got, into a really useful blog uh, that I, I actually found uh, useful and uh, I will use in the future. It's called "Checking the Tangency of All Surfaces in ANSYS Space Claim." So you know you don't want any. Sometimes you want sharp cranes, but in general, when you import geometry or you're modifying geometry, you want to get you want to make sure everything's tangent. You don't have any gaps. You don't have any any sharp corners. So uh, he shows you how to do that. It's a little script that he wrote. Um, and then um, it's it's and because it's a little script, it's also a great example of how to use customization in uh, ANSYS Space Claim. And then I did a little post um, about a tool that we used to have on the ANSYS Store. It was our PDT's thermostat controller and ACT extension. Um, it's a really long story about why it's not there anymore and where why it's back here. But basically, when Matt Sutton left PDT, we let his PID ACT extension lapse lapse. Uh, on the store, and so we took it down. It wasn't compatible any longer with the new versions. Um, and actually, we we used it, but we didn't think anybody else used it, so we didn't really worry too much about it. Well, it turns out a lot of people use it. <laughs> Once we took it down, we found that out. So Alex Christian stepped up and got to got it working with 2022 R2, and we will keep adding to it and keep it up to date as time goes by. It's a really useful tool. And um, the new blog post that I just added links back to the originals uh, about how to install it, as well as Matt's explanation of how it works. Um, it's, it's a great example of how to write an ACT extension, as well as um, how the PADT controller in ANSYS Mechanical APDL works, and how you can create an ACT extension to use it in your mechanical models. So pretty cool. That's it for blog posts on the PDT blog. Uh, we do have a, an event side of things. We've got a webinar coming up. Uh, Structural in ANSYS 2023 R1 will be on February 15th. Also, all next week, I will be at AME West, the former Pacific Design Show or MDNM West, whatever you want to call it. But it's a big engineering show in Anaheim, California, right next to Disneyland. Uh, it's February 7th through 9th. We have a booth. Uh, it's right smack dab in the middle of the floor. I don't think I think we are actually in the exact middle of the floor. So do stop by and say hi to us at the PADT booth. And then also be doing two presentations. I think it's on Wednesday. I can't remember if it's Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm talking. I should probably look that up. I'm talking about the work that Alex, we just talked about Alex, did um, for NASA as part of the SBIR. We just, uh, STTR, we just finished for NASA. And it's an optimization capability that uh, he developed for doing multi-physics optimization and then shape optimization. And then I'll also be uh, leading a panel talking about workforce development for advanced manufacturing as we bring all these manufacturing jobs to the U.S. and um, automate a lot of that manufacturing to make it cost effective, uh, we're running into issues with uh, finding the right people. So that's what we're going to talk about. We've got a, a group of four folks who do that for a living, and uh, we're going to have a chat with them. So um, if you're at the IME West this year, please do stop by. Please come to our talk. Uh, we'll, we'll see you there. And then the only thing I've got on the agenda right now that's worth mentioning is in April we'll be at the Space Industry, the Arizona Space Industry booth at the Space Symposium in Colorado Springs, one of my favorite events. 
And that's it. I want to thank you. Um, we hope you stick with us even after such a long break. I was looking at the numbers, and actually our download numbers look pretty bit good. So people did not unsubscribe uh, from, from our feed, so that's good news. Uh, we'll see what happens now that we've restarted publishing again, if we can get those numbers back up. Um, don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter so you can see all the things that are going on in the PADT at www.padtinc.com slash opt-in. Do spread the word. Let people know about this podcast. And as always, do not hesitate to reach out. Thank you for joining us for the All Things Answers podcast, episode 114. As a reminder, this podcast is not affiliated in any way with Ansys Inc. and the opinions expressed are those of the people on the show only and not of their current or former employers. For more information, visit www.padtinc.com slash blog and please share your thoughts and questions through an email to podcast at pdtinc.com. See you next time.